You're listening to Kapow, the pop culture podcast, comics, television, movies, and more. If it impacts fan culture, we have something to say about it. And now, your hosts, Michael, Jordan, Cliff, and Seth. It's your friends at Kapow, the pop culture podcast. My name's Jordan Lowe. Cliff Barnes. I'm Seth. We're back. Yep. Again. Right on schedule. <laughs> it's going down. Not too much. I had an interesting customer first thing this morning. Okay. It kind of ties into TV that we're going to talk about tonight. Okay. Um... So a guy came in, middle-aged guy, kind of distinguished-looking, you know, nice dress pants, like, you know, dressed pretty nicely, which isn't weird, too weird. Hey, but, hey uh, in this town, a guy came in with pants. Yeah. It's like, well, well, spiffy. <laughs> okay, Mr. Big Shot. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. Khakis. Uh, so he walked around a few minutes, just looked at a few, you know, didn't look like he was looking for anything specific. And then he went to the back issue bin and he pulled out a copy of Why the Last Man. He's like, uh, "Do you have any more of this book?" I was like, "Oh, I've, I said, I've got some. I've got the collections. Oh, you do." So I showed him on the shelf where they were. So he looked, and there's a compendium that collects like 30 yeah. issues. There's the, the previous printings that are just real thin. There's like 10 volumes of those, and then there's the newer ones that are there's like five volumes or whatever so like there's a couple to look through so he's looking through the different versions of it and he pulls out the compendium and gets the big volume one it collects you know 30 issues or whatever and he checks out without saying anything so i'm like i don't know how to talk to fancy people <laughs> so i was like <laughs> I, was, I was like so i said oh i'm, I'm really looking forward you're to like, that show you're like trying to you pull your socks up so it looks like you got yeah. pants on <laughs> let me go in the back and get my monocle <laughs> yeah where do you get pants like that dude <laughs> they go all the way down huh wow <laughs> but no i just i'd make a conversation just said well, i'm really looking forward to that show which isn't a lie i really am and he said oh yeah my son is gonna be on it i said whoa how cool is that i knew this guy was flashy <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Hollywood with his pants. Oh, yeah. I suppose his son has pants, too. <laughs> so I think that's that's cool. His son's cast in this big show coming up. But I'm thinking, knowing the premise of this show, yeah, there's, about, a, there's, there's only about, one Yeah, there's only one man in the whole... It could only be one guy unless right, so he I, has yeah. a monkey for a son. Yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Monkey wears pants too. No, uh, so I, you know, the it is about there's only one man left in the world. So I think, oh, he's probably just got a little bit part, you know, in the pilot before the plague mm -hmm. hits. You know, that, that's right. me thinking, you know, this guy can't be that big a deal. Yeah. So he, uh, so that's you know, I'm just I make an assumption and think it's cool, but how cool is it really? Right. He's a bit actor, whatever. So he leaves, and I look at the, I look at his name on the credit card receipt. Do a little googling, and wow. the guy's son, everybody customers, yeah, right? Be aware, privacy, privacy. Mm -hmm. You googling you. 
I bought some stuff on my own with this credit card. Uh, <laughs> I bought some pants. They'll never know. It'll look. He buys pants all the time. I'm yeah, sure. Like, so it won't be guy. suspicious. Yeah, every every freaking Friday, this guy buys a pair of pants. <laughs> <laughs> so through a little bit of googling, I find out his son is Elliot Fletcher, who is actually a trans actor. Uh, he was on Shameless for like. 1820 episode, so he's he's a known actor. Hey, excuse me. Excuse me. Any idea who's responsible for all the anti-shelter signs? Uh, no idea. Neighbors, probably. Not you? No. Good. I was winding up for a big old tantrum. I'm so fucking sick of these ponies talking like they give a but then they're like, ew, homeless people. <laughs> you live around here? I work on CERMAC. You know, Children of the Night. It's a center for at-risk youth. Some of those kids have no place to live, so I'm the mouthy asshole who tries to place them. Trevor. Ian. Uh, which one's the shelter? Uh, and he, uh, according to the article that I saw, he's going to be series regular named Sam Jordan. And one article I saw said he was, he was York's best friend, and another article said it was Hero's best friend, who was York's sister. Right. And then IMDb says it only lists him in one episode. So I don't, hmm. I really don't, I mean, no one knows, the show hasn't premiered yet, so we don't know. They might be keeping it. But, secret. so yeah, yeah, there were several articles talking about, you know, casting a trans actor in a trans role, you know, I would that's actually, still a big deal. I would actually be surprised if it was one episode, because that's the only way you're really going to yeah. be able to have male characters yeah. on there, yeah. so that's, that's, a, that's clever. So yeah, like I said there was a lot out there about this actor, so even if it is just a small part He's making headlines and, and mm. making news because, you know, that's still odd. And I, it's been long enough since I've read the book. I don't remember, I don't remember them dealing with any kind of trans issues. Or, I don't know. I've read it 50 times, but I can't yeah, remember I mean, I, I, But the I, I read a quote from this guy, and he said, you know, they're, they're not going to uh, like gloss over that there will be – you know, in the aftermath of this, you know, anyone with a Y chromosome, except for York and his monkey, dies, right? So yeah. that that's the plot of the whole show. We're not spoiling anything, yeah. but uh, he's that, that says the show is going to draw a distinction between your chromosomes and your gender. You know, there right. are that's there cool. will be male characters, and it's it sounds said, like it sounds like good. They waited this long to make the show. You know, probably. they can do it properly. Mm. But it said he won't even like in the comic. I remember he had to wear a mask everywhere because if you saw Human a man. <laughs> What? Oh, <laughs> fumigator. We were just talking about the last episode. Unless <laughs> I had to wear, you had to wear pants everywhere too. But uh, so, you know, if you saw a man, you just so he says in this world, if you see a man, you just assume they're trans, rather than the vice versa. Of the last thousand years, you assume everyone is cis. Yeah. So you know, it's it's uh, there'll be interesting things to to delve into on here. Like I said, how, however big the part is. I think it will deal with those issues a lot more than the comic ever did, which no, 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 no slam on the comic. It was just 20 years ago. It was a little yeah. bit different time in pop culture. Right. So. Yeah. Madam president, power plants will start to shut down. Which, which city? All of them. Somewhere is the answer to how this all happened and how we fix it. Who are you? Yorick. You're reproductively interesting. Wow. Okay. Uh... People are gonna have to pick sides. 
They are hungry. Angry. Terrified. We will rebuild together. So, yeah, looking up this guy, the, the father who came in is pretty well known as well, which I didn't realize. Uh, John Demita. He is a seasoned voice actor as well as screen and stage. Um, his IMDb credits were hundreds long of a ton of anime. Uh, yeah, he's, he's in Naruto for dozens of episodes and a lot of video games and lots of cartoons. So just a long career in voice acting. Apparently, he is serving as the Schwartz Leader in Residence this year at Marietta College. Hmm. So he was on campus this weekend. Actually, tonight, as we record, an evening with John Demita. It was like a the community. It was free, open to the community. You could come in and ask questions and, and talk to the guy. So they are going. The theater department is going to do a year-long initiative, uh, offering classes about voice acting. So they're going to do you either the acting side of it or the technical side and the engineering, you know, how to how to run the microphones and all that stuff. So he is going to be the artist in residence to, to help out and lead that. Um, and he's going to do he's going to work over Zoom with the kids through the fall and the spring semesters, and then he's going to come back to campus in the spring to continue in person. So I, Marietta has a pretty robust theater department, so that that seems like a pretty cool thing. You know, voice acting. You know, the number of animated series that have debuted in the last decade or so is huge. So it's it's got to be uh, a bigger field than it's ever been. So that that's pretty cool to have uh, someone that that renowned uh, helping out the, the local kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, well, cool. I bet all the uh, the local stores downtown start carrying pants too. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna say the moral of the story is put some pants on, go right. to asylum, right. buy a book. Use your credit card. You may be profiled on the next episode. Yeah. <laughs> so I stopped the yeah long too the too long did not read version is saw a man in pants, stalked him online to find out what the story was. Was impressed. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, headline: Why the Last Man is an actual show. It's coming out September thirteenth. FX on Hulu. We've been looking forward to this for a long time. Yeah, we don't know if it'll hold up, but if they'll pull it off. But we're. I'm interested to see whatever version we can finally get. But oh, go back to the core, the original where it started, and get the get the straight stuff. Go down to Asylum and buy one of these big compendiums or whatever of why because it's good hulu's been uh hulu's been been uh ripping off some some good good content you know some good original shows here in the last couple years um some mini series and stuff so like we hardly ever watch anything on netflix anymore um hulu's really i'm canceled again until the next thing pops up i just yeah i watch whatever i need cancel Mm-hmm. Doing it a month I'm, at a time now. I'm curious to watch that Bob Ross documentary that just debuted, but that's about the only thing I've seen on there in a while. Um, Alicia's watching right now. I, you know, I think it's an, a Hulu original. Um, something called 
nine nine perfect strangers or something like that. It's got Nicole Kidman and Bobby Cannavale. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched. So, anyways, well, anything else before we get into all this television we've we've been watching the last? I don't think so. I think that's about as good an anecdote as we are capable of doing. Probably so, so let's roll right into it. Well, if we're talking Hulu, I I this is probably my favorite show in the last long while. Reservation Dogs just premiered on there. Act normal. Y'all wouldn't have seen a stolen food truck, would you? Nope. Oh. Someone stole a truck. Broad daylight. Put your seatbelt on. Seatbelt. People's safety. We're stealing a f***ing chip I truck. I don't give a shit, man. Put your seatbelt on. We're Jeez. not Go! Apparently it was full of chips. I've never seen anything like that. You're good thieves. Best in town. Oh, thank you. It is a small town. I don't have any. Go get some then. Okay. We could be in California as soon as two months. California, here we come. You and your buggy ass friends. What are you gonna fight for? <laughs> ah, I just no idea. No, I've watched the first two or three. I'm okay. not totally caught up. There, there are. Four as we speak. Okay, that was going to be my question. I've yeah, I, think seen, I, I think I've watched three because I've, I've only seen the week. first one. So I yeah. think so. So this is written and co-produced by Taika Waititi, who we have been on his the Taika Waititi bandwagon oh, since day forever, one. since yeah. day one, really. And drop the drop the beat. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, save it for three hundred. <laughs> <laughs> And co-written and produced with uh, Sterling Harjo, who is a Native American writer and director, has, has made a couple documentaries and a couple features. Um, it is set in Oklahoma for young kids on, on an Indian reservation, and the cast and crew is almost 100% Native, which, again, is, is a, a rarity yeah. <laughs> on, on TV these days. Um, I remember... Uh, Resident Alien saw on Sci-Fi Channel. It's set in the Pacific Northwest, mm-hmm. and it had three or four cast members who were Native American. I remember pointing that out that 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 it was surprising because normally you, you know if you got any representation, it was just the one you know maybe one character. But to have a whole family of of natives on the show was different. So this is having this is this is set in their world, um, and I felt like. It has, it's nothing like this show, but it gave me almost the vibes of Atlanta, the Donald Glover yeah. show, of like, it's so specific to its place and its people, and it's the little details, and the restaurants they go to, and the fashion, and what they, the slang they use, like, it's just so specific, and that's, that, that's what re- it reminded me of that. And, it's and just, it had, I mean, totally that, and a small portion is, it has that FX look. Sure, sure, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I it has just hit me. It's a comedy, but it's got some dramatic elements to it. I love the cast. The kids are really endearing. And it's got that Taika Waititi fingerprint on it of like the kids, they're rough on the outside, uh, but, you know, they're really sweet on the inside. 
and they're all dealing with daddy issues or, or missing fathers, which runs through a lot of his work. So, yeah, I've I've really really enjoyed what what's happened what's what I've seen so far, and it just seems and it seems to be just starting. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. that just that first episode when they uh, when they steal the the chip truck, yeah, cracked me up, and then at the end. Of, Towards the end of the episode, you know, the the guy they stole it from is in is in the the store or the restaurant or whatever where they are where they're all hanging out <laughs> and talking about it getting stolen and stuff, and they were just kind of sitting there like, oh, <laughs> like I, it was relatable. <laughs> it's good. It's good. One of the, it's so funny. I'm, I my my kids have you know they're they've been on this TikTok thing to since it started um and and i refuse to get on it for the longest time but eventually it gets us all and um one of the one of the yeah tiktok (laughs) and one of one of the first like sides of tiktok i ran in into um that was like flooding my feed was was like native talk um which is just you know first first peoples um native americans uh you know indigenous whatever you want to call them and and uh, there's a guy on there uh the his handles like modern warrior or something and i like we talk about wokeness and stuff so much now but i'm just i've been watching a lot of like his like you know tiny little three minute videos or whatever and just like i'm like oh my gosh i, I like you don't always realize just how much offensive stuff is is out there and and people get really ticked off at him for calling for him calling them out and and calling us out but it's been really good and educational and i i I even had mentioned it like when i first found it i mentioned something to my freshman high school freshman daughter and she was like oh yeah i know that guy i watch him all the time and i was just like (laughs) good i'm glad you are so it's a good show, though. That's cool. I love the the ghost, the ghost of the the, the old warrior is <laughs> <laughs> horse stepped in a gopher hole. So it's like that it, it deflates some of those like, you know, my people are are you know proud, right? You know that sort of thing. Yeah. It's just they're just we're all just people, just like. people. <laughs> yeah. We ever. Uh... Finish, uh, talked about Dave ending. I don't think the second season of Dave. Um, Another good Hulu his, original. Yeah, may may have started off a little slow in the second season, but I I thought se- season two was definitely not the letdown that I was anticipating. Like I really enjoyed the second season. I, yeah, I, it, I was. It really impressed. it really took us for a ride. Just him having to deal with his fame and his neuroses attached to it. And it was just a, and he was still that guy. He was still Dave the whole time of, you know, not unattached to how he treated people and things like that. And it culminating in the end, who is Dave? You know, (laughs) when we get that. And I, I just, I loved it. I loved it. I still one of my absolute favorite shows of all time honestly like it is amazing yeah and to, to have a character with that amount of ego 
and you know, we'll just say I'm the best of all time. You know, that that like <laughs> it's hard to make someone like that likable. So giving him these neuroses and like this, you know, and and knowing that he is co-writing it and helping, you know, he's seeing his, uh, you know, pointing out his own flaws and foibles. So it's it's definitely a complicated character, not always likable, but I, yeah, there's just it was such a triumphant ending. Like you, mm. you want to, you want that happy oh, ending too. Yeah, so good, so good, and just each the some of the, I mean, the episodes each by themselves. Yeah, some were odd, but I still like each one had something that I loved about it. And I, I mean, I loved the Hi. flashback Mountain Dew Hello. thing. I loved. How's it going? You guys are here for the Mountain Dew pitch, right? You can sit. I figured it all out. Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew. Drink, chug, do, da, do, ah, everyone. Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew, Mountain Dew. What would you do to do what you want? Did you have a good time listening to everybody's silly ideas about soda? Oh man, party's over, this the closer. Let me just demonstrate this further. Just imagine there's a commercial and there's a rapper about your work and he's all like, Jill, would you like a Mountain Dew? Steph, would you like a Mountain Dew? Jeff, would you like a Mountain Dew? Steve, I don't know about you, I'm just kidding, but Jeff, look at the can, look at me dance, look at the man, Jeff. I'm looking pretty on brand, they got supply, well, this is the man, Jeff. Uh, the kids will post this on the gram, tag all their friends, by the end of the night, they'll be like, Sprite who? We make up a dance? Man, where does it end? Dude, they're gonna try to overthink it. It's a motherfucking drink, so let's put it in the can. Great, done. By the way, hi, I'm Dane. While I have your attention, I sit over there in the cube in the pit. I'm a genius. I should probably get more ops. Underutilized as fuck. But I guess today it stops. Maybe not. It depends if management can open their eyes a little. I'm just messing, Steven, but clearly I'm a leader of thought, no? Look what I've done. Okay, I'm done. You can stop it. You can stop the music. I like the um, where he goes to the producer, you know, and um, gosh, I, why can't I think of his name? Rick, what, what's his last Ruben. name? Yeah, Rick, Rick Rubin. Ruben. Yeah. That whole thing was great. And the ending of that episode was so good. And just, yeah. it's just, and it, it's just an excellent, excellent show. And, uh, you know, the whole Chuck storyline <laughs> I like yeah, it got weird stuff. it was <laughs> it so good weird. though Gator, Gator's response was like well we all going to heaven <laughs> yeah, yeah, a... not not enough Gator for me this season but that that final, that oh, final episode yeah. made up for it. yeah I mean I, I think they just it's a they know what they're doing and I can't wait for season three so I really wanted to touch on that um are are you guys? Well, I don't know if there's anything else on Hulu that you guys want to talk about, but uh, I don't think so. Did, are you are you caught up, Cliff, on Ted Lasso? Did you see? Oh today's? my gosh! Yes. Did you see today? Okay, yes. well let's do that real quick. I don't think you're yeah. not even watching it, are you, Jordan? Um, so Apple, do some Apple here, yeah. Yeah. Ted this... Lasso season two. I want to tell you, I was pretty scared about season two because I we... loved season one. We saw the preview they put out, you know, a month or two before it came out. And I hated the preview. It was yeah. like in the, we... the, the snippets of his jokes without mm-hmm. context sound really bad. We, we, um, we definitely, we talked about this on an episode earlier when that, when that came out, that trailer. Yeah. And, Gosh, I love this show so much. It's like so good. It, it 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 has 
just every episode is so great. I love the writing and you know, we focused a lot on, on, on Ted last on that first season, of course, you know, introductions and, and giving you the real, you know, the central character in the field, the, his, his storyline, the feel of the, of what the show was going to be. But man, this, I really do like season two. I love that they've expanded as they, sh- as show should, but expanded on these, on these secondary, you know, characters, um, that, you know, and, and showing his effect on their life, but then also how they've affected each other's life, you know, the, the yeah. secondary it's characters such, themselves. It's yeah. such a feel good show. I mean, they always, they're always going for the feel good. Yes. It's a positive it, message. Yeah, it's very positive. It, it, it borders on, I mean, the only criticism I could have for it is it's a little, it's, unrealistically feel good yeah some of it and but i do like you but know I f- they, they they are taking it to more serious things as they go while they have the i mean roy kent is the breakout of this season he's, I mean, he's good here good the he's there season. he's every everywhere roy yeah. kent roy, roy kent, kent. <laughs> he, he's, he's the breakout but he's a cartoon character yeah. like he really is unreal but he's such a great television character in the fact that you know i I saw somebody describe him as the perfect um the perfect version of mean but kind right yeah he's he's not he's not not nice but he's kind but he uh but also taking even at this the end of this episode taking it to such a serious level at the end it's a great show. It's a it's a feel good show. You know that if bad things happen, somehow they're going to work out through kindness. And it, and it, I still my favorite reference of this season was in this episode mm-hmm. when she calls to, and gets his voicemail and he goes he goes wait for the beep. You got to leave your name. You got to leave your number. And I was like. Crazy calls, <laughs> yeah. the original from Crazy Calls. I don't even remember that, but in the eighties or whatever, they yeah. had the you could buy a tape to that yes. put for your answering machine. Yes. Hey, ho, I'm sorry that I'm not at home, but when I get the message on my telephone, you'll be the first one on my list. Crazy Calls, a tape of seven different songs and funny recordings for answering machines. I am very sorry that I'm not at home to take your call. Only fourteen ninety five. When I will get right back to you. Give someone the gift of gab for their answering machine. Calling a friend. What you've actually done is. And the only other one I remember, like that one, definitely was probably the star. But I remember the other one of the other. There was a bunch on there. I think. Honestly, you should drop some of them in here. But the only other I remember is uh, nobody's home. Oh yeah. Nobody's home. It was it was for your answering machine. Pre-voice. But I love that. That is so Ted Lasso. Have sing that as such a such a wonderful show that I really feel like feels a fills a hole right now that we need filled. You know, focusing on it's fun and silly, and you know, very joyful at times. But yet, but yet they focus on mental health. They focus on you know on um on, on men not being toxic or changing, you know, for the better yeah. or true that having their, the, just the, what do they call them? The dog, the, the diamond dogs. 
the diamond dogs yeah. <laughs> yeah. like trying to you know de- dealing with their issues and things and just how they you know build each other up him telling yeah. you know him telling the nathan or whatever you know no he's like you know he's like telling him to argue with him and not give in to his stuff and everything <laughs> just all of that's great i uh of course there was the christmas episode in Man, august in it's august my favorite which one. was so crazy you know a christmas episode but there's so many references. We it really pays off how much television and movies right. I've watched. It's like there's a bazillion references, but and then the rom com, rom communism episode. Yeah, just like there's like all the, through the whole thing, all these. The Christmas rom- episode was definitely a highlight of season two. I think it's the best episode, the best single episode they've they've done. It was good. It was good. I it's one of the best ones, but. I've I don't always know if I could say what my favorite one. Well, like I've watched it's not probably the best this season too. Yeah, I agree. I've watched enough Doctor Who and enough Doctor Who's Christmas specials to say I have somewhat of an understanding, somewhat of a feeling of like British Christmas. Mm. And 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 I've you know, and they did it so well. And I don't yeah, know. I Christmas mean, that, is always they, fun for whole, me, but the whole having love the team actually. Yes, the whole love actually thing, and then having you know all these players from different countries come over to, to the uh, the the general manager or whatever he is, the vice president of the team or whatever he is, uh, and, and seeing his home life because he's such a you know kind of a dorky character, that's you know almost um, at times uh, at least in I think season one they played him off to Do be you know a that's little. His, that's his real wife. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. I believe so. The Yeah, I think so. The guy, yeah, cuz at the where he like meet is with the girl in blue, she wore blue, you know, they're doing the whole yeah. uh Yeah, that's his real way. Yeah, it's I I I have a hard time finding a fault in this show as a whole. Um I will probably good, go back good. and watch both seasons again. Um yeah. just because I've just I've enjoyed It'll it make so you feel much. Good. Yeah, it really. So is. yeah, Jordan, you're gonna have to somehow, someday, watch some Ted yes. Lasso. I'm sure you're just like annoyed because you've heard so much about it. <laughs> well, no, point. it's I just like I'm seeing a dozen think pieces of you know Ted is the show we need right now, and all the stuff you're saying. <sighs> how did we go from the early 2000s and every sitcom character was sarcastic, right, and toxic, and cynical to this like loving, hopeful, kind kind of show? Yeah. Like we uh, like. The world's gotten worse, so our TV, maybe our TV characters are getting better. I, I don't know. Yeah, I posted a, a retweet the other day of, um, you know, just somebody, I don't even know who it was on Twitter, that, that had pointed out, in a, in a world where we don't have a Mr. Rogers, in a world where we don't have a Bob Ross, like you were talking about, um, that really exist in celebrity today, um, we have Ted Lasso it's great i yeah, just that's that's a yeah it's totally an equivalent of those characters here and it and it melded into actual sports my my <laughs> fandom of the cincinnati reds where it's joey Votto's favorite show my favorite player and oh well, there his, you go his manager called him roy, roy he's totally guy a, at he's the a end roy of his Kent. career yeah. and he's like i'm not roy kent i'm jamie turk <laughs> Like yeah. that, that's like it, it sparked yeah. him to like I'm the young stud on this team. Yeah. You can't call me. Roy. That's funny. Yeah, he's totally a Roy Kent. Um, <laughs> and it had a little twist there in that last episode 
um, yeah. that I did not see coming. I thought it was yeah. going to go one way, and it went went a different way with the uh, with the team owner. And uh, I was like, because right before it happened, I even said something to my wife, my wife. I was like, oh, you realize who she's texting, right? Because they totally <laughs> set it up, and then yeah, yeah. turned and took a left turn there. I was like, okay, all right, I'm 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 down for this. So before we just tell everybody anymore what happened on Ted Lasso. They need to watch it. Have you watched any of that, Mr. Corman, the new Joseph Gordon-Levitt show on Apple? No, I have not watched that. Not yet. It, it, I just, I've watched, there's been five episodes, so four or five episodes, so I think four maybe. I watched today's also, but it, it's uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt. He kind of took a break from acting there for a while. He had some kids and stuff and just took a step back. Enjoying some of that third rock from the sun money. Oh yes. (laughs) He's, he's still getting it. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I've, I heard an interview with him talking about that. He actually still gets money. Um, (laughs) but it's still on, they play it on, I think IFC like blocks at a time. (laughs) I flipped past one day and it was like the Super Bowl episode. Wow. They had an episode that they aired after the Super Bowl with like a bunch of supermodels and El McPherson and all these like famous wow. 90s supermodels. I'm like, wow, this show was a thing. It really, it really was. King and a French Stewart. Yeah. <laughs> Juggernaut. Um so anyway, it's ba- it's his name in the show is Josh Corman. And it's just very close to jo- Joseph Gordon Levitt. And it, it's kind of how he described it because it, it's about this this uh, public school teacher in San Fernando Valley, but it's uh, kind of him looking at what an alternate timeline of what his life could have been if he never made it as an actor, if he just had aspirations, but it never mm. panned out, which happens to the vast majority of people in his position. And hey, he probably would have been a school teacher, and this is what his life might have been like. And this guy's got major anxiety and things and uh it's just a show dealing with that he he stars in it i believe he directs it also and it's it has a lot of long a lot of static camera shots uh letting the actors act instead of doing a million cuts but um it's it's interesting i won't say it's fantastic but it, it gets imaginative like he will just kind of you know, all of a sudden a scene will go a little bit Scott Pilgrim every once in a while or his anxiety of the world coming to the end. You might see a meteor coming towards Earth and he's the only one that experiences that feeling. And um, But it's, you know, it, 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 there's been already been an episode so far that just totally focused on his roommate instead of him. You know, some shows been doing that, skipping around the characters in the show. But so far, I'm enjoying it. I want to see where it goes. It's not, you know, a must-see, I wouldn't say, but it's a good show. I am enjoying it. We'll see where it goes. But that's Mr. Corman. I was just uh, cleaning up some of my notes. I've got a whole bunch of stuff that, you know, we never got around to talking to or whatever, so I've deleted a bunch of old stuff we never got to. And one of them was a documentary, uh, Alex Winter, Actor Bill and Ted actor made called Showbiz Kids. Oh yeah, a, a, lot, a lot like that kid ninety thing of like mm-hmm. talking to to kids in the showbiz industry, or whatever. But I had I'd written down a stat that 
said 20,000 auditions a year for kid actors and like 5% of them actually book jobs. So that, that, that this idea is very relevant of like, you know, making it, you know, making it on the third rock from the sun was an astronomical odds for him. So it could have very easily gone the other way. So yeah, yeah he talked, he talked about on a, it was on Mark Marin and him talking just about his mom driving him to auditions, but how his parents never pushed him. It, he, they were like, very supportive i guess about he he was the one saying no i really do want to keep trying so ah that's all i have for apple um i did see over on peacock they canceled punky brewster i was a little disappointed <laughs> i never did watch any of that you just got one season just one she didn't have enough punky power in her 40s apparently oh Damn. no punky Sold. Oh, come on, bring it. It's the only reason I brought it up. Bring it. Yeah. <laughs> bring it up again, Cliff. We'll lament it. We'll lament the cancellation again someday. Um Brooklyn Nine Nine is back finally. Eighth season, I believe. They uh we knew it was coming. We knew that there would be some sort of change after all of the things that have happened in the last couple it's, years. Yeah, it's got a different vibe oh, to it. Yeah, hugely different vibe. <laughs> wow, it's it's jarring at first. Then they kind of back off of it a little bit. They really address the police culture, mm. and I mean, yeah, it's. There's been a lot of criticism of it, of course, but it was interesting to see how they handled it. And just even Jake happened to yes, look at especially himself. Especially a character like that who is just, you know. Bravado. Yeah, personified. Yeah, so it, it's really interesting. I, I mean, if you're a fan of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, I came to it late. When it returned, you know, it had got canceled. And when it returned, I watched the whole, I burnt through the whole thing and really enjoyed it. It's a little silly at times, and I even this season is when it gets too silly. I kind of check out, and I'm on my phone. But but uh, it's it's fine. It's you can tell it's late. It needs to end soon. I'd say that's probably it for the show. I, I like the sillier parts though. The the whole thing of uh, when they go to the the cabin to try yeah. to reconnect Holt and his husband, and like Terry, you know Terry goes on ledges. Yeah. At Terry's ledges, and you, you know, if you know anything about me, it's that I, I like to hedge. You can't yeah, my, hedge and ledge at the same time. <laughs> my least favorite character on there is Terry Cruz. <laughs> I can't stand him. So that's always been a letdown for me as him. But I like the the old guys. Uh, I I love. Uh, gosh, well, I can't think of anybody's name. What's his? Hitchcock and Scully. Yeah, I like them. But who's the the little guy? Uh, Charles Boyle, <laughs> yeah. Jolo Trulia. Yes, I like him. I like him. Um, hey, HBO. You know what I, oh, go just ahead. Got, I just cut you off. HBO shows. We finished the White Lotus. Yeah. What? I mean, did you guys like it? I really liked it. You really liked it. I don't know it, what I feel about that show. I like liked I, it. I loved the guy that ran the hotel. That actor yeah. was awesome. Yeah, he that was really good. Was awesome. He was excellent. I loved that. I loved the message of just. I I the the 
I will admit that the last episode was a little disjointed feeling, but I I loved the ending message that they, you know, because the show, if you haven't watched it, is about these, you know, these pretty ultra rich people going to this resort in Hawaii that is just like, you know, astronomical prices for the rooms and you go, go there and stay for whatever. And they, they just are so absorbed with themselves yeah. and you're, it's, it has a little doubt Abbey feel cause you get the staff's perspective, not enough of that. I mm-hmm. don't think, but, um, but just the, their lives and how they just, are so absorbed with themselves, which we all are, but we like to act like the rich are the only ones who are. But the um, the the message that even the people that think that they are, you know, this is the thing: people like woke people is a good example. Yeah, they, they like to be pointed at, say, "Oh yeah, but you also do this," and you know, everybody still has their things that they get away with because of who they are so just like the wife of jake whatever his name is really but you know the the young couple that she's like oh i i lost my career and all this and how she just she still she yeah. still can't hold on to it at the end she's still exactly that oh so disappointed i mean that's <laughs> but that's it everybody in the show yeah. all those all these people all just don't uh, learn anything None I of them can't. learn anything. They, they have right. these messages shoved in their face. A perfect opportunity to learn something. A guy has a, you know, Steve has a brush with death. He's, you know, you get this shock where you're like, I'll never go back to being the way I was, basically. And everybody just always goes back to the way they always were. The, the young daughter and her friend reading all these, yeah. you know, intellectual books. But they just go back to the way they were. You yeah. know, I, I, it's yeah, all good. I, I did, I did like the idea of like the son maybe making a break for it. Right. You know? <laughs> yeah, he really was the only one that kind of. Yeah, there was yeah. something positive there with because, uh, the, I don't. Need, I'll never know the guy's name. I, I will always call him Plop, but he was. <laughs> That <laughs> that's it. Okay. Yeah. Plop. Uh, he was so terrible and so, so unlikable. Oh, I could not. But stand for that him. guy who has been likable in everything else he's yeah. been in, I I was impressed by him because he was extra yeah. unlikable. Yeah. Just a- and then pairing him with Molly Shannon. Yeah. It was, it was great. great. But the perfect level of she wasn't like somebody unlikable. No, super nice. But, but just. What are you doing there? Yeah, you know, it, it, it was. It's a good show. I, I. This is why I keep my HBO. It's like they keep dropping these shows. Even you know they that are of the quality level that I like. I, I mean, of course, you always want the prestige TV, but at least they're putting out these shows that are very interesting and they have something to say. This is a, Mike White wrote this and directed it. I think he's a, you know he's done other things, but it, it was. I, I, you know, I I like his, you know, how, how he came up. I like the idea of coming up with this with it. Shout out to uncle Rico. Once he showed up, I couldn't take my eyes off of him. I was just that guy. Uncle Rico. Yeah. Uncle Rico from Napoleon dynamite. Oh yeah. 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 He, he was in something else too that I 
Saul. Oh. I forgot he was in, but yeah, he just everything was about them not learning the lessons that were being shoved in their face. So that was good. It was a good <clears throat> idea, and I'm curious what they'll do with a second season. Yeah. Um. What else was a hard knocks is back. You know, I love that theme song. Gotta get me some of the anyway. This year it's the Dallas Cowboys. I watched a watched a few minutes of the first episode, most of it. Um, you know, it was hard knocks. It was it was it's not it's been my least favorite season so far. So as far as like I really usually enjoy these, no matter who it is, I've always enjoyed the behind the scenes of it and you They're, get to they, they make a star out of somebody you get to know the players the rookies and stuff and you really start to like them and you want you know you're like you root for them yeah you're yeah. i i enjoy that and just seeing the behind the scenes making you know, these people real people so i always enjoy that um but less this season i'm not i don't know it's just not yeah. i don't like the kick-ins to the theme song i don't think they're you know, they're not building them up good enough to drop in. They're no, uh, uh, it's no Oakland Raiders. You know. <laughs> um, well, I will, uh, I will say, I will suggest this last episode, episode three. I think there's only five episodes. Yeah, they're short. I just do preseason. But um, episode three, the, towards the very beginning, they do a drone shot of their practice facility in Frisco, Texas. Mm-hmm. And it's impressive. It's mm. really cool to watch. I don't know. I'd like to know how many times it took him to do it, but it's just a drone shot flying in to that whole thing that they have built there. Like it, they basically built their own town mm-hmm. and they fly a drone through the whole thing. And, and they've got it choreographed for when it enters different places. And it's worth just watching that. So mm. I, I highly recommend that as far as just, watching you know it gets into some pretty tight spaces and i was impressed by it so um that's worth watching and not watching the rest uh uh as far as hbo max goes uh season three of titans dc's you know based on their teen titans property uh is currently ongoing i think i've watched i've watched them all uh so far i think we're up to uh episode four um it's been very up and down some really good stuff um really good character based stuff and some stuff that i have just been like this is a huge plot hole or sit too silly or whatever um i haven't heard a lot of chatter like previous seasons people would be talking about i haven't really heard anybody talk about this third season well, and it should be easier. More people have HBO than ever had the DC app. Right, so it should right. Be easier More to people, find. Yeah. Um, I don't know how many have went back and watched the first two seasons. I really like season two. I enjoyed it. Um, this season is all about the the Jason Todd Red Hood character, um, and he's just not he's not likable in any way. <laughs> Like Jason I don't, Todd. yeah, it's Jason Todd, and and the kid uh, that plays him is, you know, he he does well with the character, but he's just so annoying as as Robin, and then he's you know ultra bad guy as selfish, you know, Red Hood. Um, but there's there's some good stuff in there. Uh, we we 
finally get to see some 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 good Nightwing um, costume fighting, and there's some really good stuff. Uh, episode two, or maybe it was episode episode two or three, with uh, with Hawk and Dove. Um, we see the fate of uh, of Hank, um, really good actor who's been in some DC stuff before. Um, but uh, he was probably my favorite character on the show. So, uh, some good stuff there, but we get a lot of, a lot of, uh, a scarecrow and, uh, and Dr. Crane stuff in there, um, which is pretty good. It's an interesting take on him. He has been, uh, locked up in Arkham by Batman and has become like stoner guy, um, to kind of, I don't know, calm himself and, you know, his thoughts and stuff. So, uh, some interesting stuff there and how it developed so far, but that's happening over there. And then, uh, finally, the last thing I had on HBO was, um, a couple weeks ago, uh, my wife, one of her best friends, uh, it was like a, I don't know. It was a weekend night. We were all home and, uh, her husband had to work that night. So she brought her daughter, uh, over who is friends with my daughter and have been since they, I think they were two, but, um, we were just kind of sitting around, uh, drinking a few beers and, and looking for something to watch. And, and Deanna shares an affinity for trashy reality TV, Seth. And I was like, Oh, let me show you. Uh, (laughs) I'm offended. I think trashy reality TV, Seth. Well, I just meant reality TV in general. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but she especially likes the trashy, you know... Uh, okay. Uh, you could name a hundred different shows. Those Desperate the, Housewives the, or something? No, more like... Um, oh, God. All the, all the dating ones with oh, okay. where they're on like an island or whatever. And that, I was like, let me show tough. you what HBO's rocking right now. So we watched two... They made me... Well... I started it as a joke, and then they made me watch two hours of F Boy Island. Yeah, I couldn't bring myself to watch any of that with uh, with Nikki Glazer, um, comedian. She's really funny. I, I couldn't tell if it was an actual reality show or if it was like a comedic spoof on reality right. show. I think or it was both. real. Is it both? It, it, I mean, I think it was real fake. Yeah, it was real fake. Um, that's a good way of putting it, and like. We had a really enjoyable time watching this show and, and mm. laughing at it and making fun of it. You, you watched it in the spirit it was in. Yes, indeed. <laughs> um, and uh, then a couple of days later, I, I saw Michael down at uh, down at Free Comic Book Day. And, uh, I see the segue. I knew. <laughs> I knew if anybody knew what I was going to be talking Speaking about. Speaking of F-Boys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, uh, yeah, so, uh, surprise, surprise, Michael was, was way further into it. I think maybe he'd watched the whole season, um, by the time I talked to him, but, but we got a good laugh out of that. It is ridiculous. He doesn't have time to watch anything else, but no, but he can watch F him and Christy are watching F boy Island over there. Uh, the, the premise of the show, it's a dating show. There are three women who, um, bachelorette style have, a whole bunch of men they're on an island and half of the men are nice guys and half of them are f boys and they have to um decide 
you know, kind of who they like and try and find a nice guy, I guess. I don't even know. Um, and then if as they eliminate contestants, um, they are the men don't go home. They're sent off to the night. They have to say if they're a nice guy or an F boy, if they're a nice guy, they get sent off to a resort. And if they're an F boy, they get uh, sent off into like this little, like uh, fenced off, um, paddock, like they're Jurassic park animals or something. No. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, it's just like, it's a really terrible taste them in there. Get in there. Boy. <laughs> Poke at them. Yeah. Um, but they have to stay where they remember. Uh, that's how they attack too Uh, F-Boy comes right at you well another one right there by your you can feel him breathing on you clever Um, (laughs) (laughs) F-Boy so yeah we we watched a bit of that I I, I made a point I made a little note to myself I was like I gotta talk I gotta talk about F-Boy Island Uh, it's terrible Um, absolutely terrible so I watched something kind of like that on HBO okay uh, catch and kill the podcast tapes, the, the oh. Harvey Weinstein expose. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know that I could recommend this, but I, I found the subject interesting. It's uh, Ronan Farrow, the journalist and son of Mia Farrow, who has yeah, we there was HBO had that documentary yeah. Alan V Farrow and that that whole ordeal of you know, living with Woody Allen for some time. So. Uh, I think Ronan has a, a soft spot for these kind of stories about uh, uh, powerful people exploiting others. So um, I didn't, I don't really care in the scandal and the Weinstein stuff and the dirty details, but I was pretty interested to hear because Ronan's the one who broke this story in the New Yorker, uh, but he was an employee of NBC at the time. So he was doing all this research and gathering all this information and, talking to all these witnesses and then took it to his bosses at NBC. And they're like, we can't, we can't do this. So he had to go somewhere else to do this. So I, I've always been interested in that story and why that was and why NBC would, you know, he had all these facts and all this information and they wouldn't go with it. So was it, you know, did Weinstein get to them in some way or it, were they just cowards and just didn't want to ruffle any feathers? But I find that kind of stuff really interesting. So that, that's basically what this was. It's just a series of uh, podcast interviews that Pharaoh did with uh, some of the people he interviewed, that some of his editors at the magazine, and just different people who were there over the years, um, you know, chronicling this whole thing, right, and uh, the, the, the up to the publishing of the article, which basically launched the whole Me Too movement and started, you know, where we are today, basically. But just that that whole idea of how this was just a quote unquote open secret in Hollywood, like everyone knew Weinstein did this and was a monster, but he got away with it because he was rich and powerful and you can't make him mad or your career will be in jeopardy. It was definitely the worst kept secret of Hollywood for years and years. So, you know, who, who gained by covering it all up or at least not rocking the boat and just letting him stay in power and that kind of stuff. And it, it was also a good reminder in this era of fake news and people maybe not believing what they hear in the media that the real difference between bad journalism, which is that cronyism of like, 
you know, somebody at NBC probably called Weinstein to let him know ahead of time this was coming out and that kind of deal, or not publishing something because you don't want to get sued or you don't want to, you know, you don't want to get in this guy's crosshairs. That's bad journalism. That's that's what we should be mad about. Versus what he, what Ronan actually did is good journalism, which is pursuing the truth, you know, no matter where it leads or who it hurts, uh, in power, and also the amount of work that went into this, triple checking every, you know, every source was checked and checked and checked again. And, you know, these kind of articles don't get written just like, you know what I heard? I heard Harvard Weinstein is a bad guy. Like this was years in the making, crossing every T, dotting every I. So that's how journalism works. Like you don't just fly off the handle and say random stuff. You maybe a pundit, an opinion person on cable news can do that, but actual journalism is much more, uh, important and sacred than that so i this this was just a, a little bit of a reminder of that maybe not a, a happy story but uh, uh an interesting one some recent uh hollywood history hmm. yeah i thought about watching i might catch up to it someday um hmm. you uh is that it for hbo i think that's it for hbo what um before i canceled netflix i watched a couple things I watched Never Have I Ever. Season two started and I had never watched season one. That's that Mindy Kaling created shit. I watched most of season one. My daughter watched it. Yeah, it was, uh, I had not seen it. I remember it getting good reviews and it's, I would never be able to pronounce everyone's name on it, but it has a pretty good cast and it's, I enjoyed it. I thought I thought mm-hmm. I'll, you know, watch the first season and then and that second season that had just come out. And it's about basically a first generation Indian American family, uh, um, starring yeah. this teenage girl who, as in from India, right? Yes, right. Um, and she, her father had died um, when she was, you know. A little bit younger and you know so that, and there's some tension with her mom you know and just a typical teenager stuff but she's each episode kind of has like uh, never have i ever done this you know mm. and at the beginning and, and it's about that and it's it's funny it's it's got like i said it's a good cast i, I if you're looking for just a modern you know sitcom-y teenage show that's actually pretty clever and i think she's she's talented i i i believe we'll see more of her like she Mm -hmm. she does such a good job that that she you know she definitely i won't say she carries the show because there's a lot of good people in it but a lesser actress they wouldn't have survived i think so i i think she'll become something in the future but i i i think it's good It, it didn't blow me away, but I was happy I watched it. Uh, I think uh, you guys would like it over there, Cliff. I think you're, yeah, Carly they, would like yeah. it. Carly could come out of a room Car- for that one. Carly has watched it. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, and the other thing I watched was one of those like documentary things, Untold, from the Untold series, Malice at the Palace. Did you see that pop up? Do you remember this uh, sports story? I was like this 30 for 30s. And they don't really do them anymore. I, 
but this is that type of thing. It's just like a, an in-depth retelling through documentary yeah. footage and interviews of the brawl that happened where they run our test, went into the crowd yeah. in 2004. It was the Pacers against the Detroit Pistons, which, you know, those are a couple notoriously aggressive teams. <laughs> yeah, and, I, I remember. Well, I remember that happening. I remember when it went down. Mm. Um, but I don't know. I didn't realize they had made a documentary about it. It's so. not long. And if you and I recommend it in the fact that you remember it, but you don't know all the details and right. they do. That I like that they really went into, okay, yes, you know the flash of what happened and all these guys went in the crowd and yada, yada. But this takes and there, actually examines what each of the players was going through in that time. What there the background were assault was, charges yeah, that yeah, came oh, yeah. out of that. Yeah. Yeah. On both, both yes. sides, yeah. uh, uh, the crowd also. And they... Just like it breaks down what each player was going through, the tension between the teams, the history of things and everything and what and what built up to this, what actually happened, a lot of slow-mo footage and things and just what each player was doing during the thing and what the crowd members were doing. And it's it's well done and interesting and narrated by like Reggie Miller and, you know, the poor guy, you know, at this time, this is as good as the Pacers as it had ever been. Yeah. And, and this destroyed them. Mm -hmm. This was, this was the end of his career and his best chance these couple of years to finally get a ring. Reggie Miller was amazing. Yep. He finally had a cast of players around him and this pretty much ruined everything. And, you know, so I, I, I real I love this kind of stuff where it's like a something you remember, but you're getting context. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I thought it was I thought it was spectacular. So if you like those six things, if you like the last dance, you know, with about the bulls, this is a shorter, tight story about one specific event that is good. Anybody watch anything on Netflix? I don't think so. All right. Which leads us to Disney Plus. Ooh. Um, and some good stuff on Disney Plus. Anybody watch uh, the the uh, second episode of The Mandalorian Gallery? I did not. I haven't watched any of that. It's, it's, uh, watched it this evening. Um, heard a lot of people talking about it, as seems to be the case with this show. So this episode was all about the finale episode with Mark Hamill and, you know, bringing back Luke Skywalker mm. at the end of the, the season. Very two. controversial. Yes. Um, excellent episode. A lot of really, a lot of good interview time with Mark and, and just about his performance, about, you know, how he felt about bringing Luke Skywalker back and, and, and how to do it. Um, lot, of course, good Filoni stuff. Uh, but there's a mostly it's a lot of uh, Favreau and him and Peyton Reed, who directed the episode, um, talking about, you know, just it, it's a lot of more of that. What what Star Wars means to different people, different generations, um, continuing on the legacy and that stuff. Uh, really neat 
nice interview moment when when John Favreau is talking about, you know, as they're filming the Luke stuff, and he says, "I was fine with it." You know, we'd been through the process, and then all of a sudden, he said, "For him, R two comes rolling behind Luke," and he says. I, I lost it. I, I had a moment, you know, like here I am knowing what's going to happen, seeing all this behind the scenes, knowing how we do it. And he's like, there I was, you know, a kid again. And just, you know, that feeling of what it means to, you know, all of us and the fans and, and stuff. So pretty neat stuff. A lot of good, really interesting detail on talking about how they, um, the process of them, their decision-making on how they were going to do the de-aging. And, you know, what what technology was available and what they could use for it um, talks about, you know, they've hired that that new deep. I think we mentioned this, the deep fake guy, the mm. ILM hired and his process, uh, you know, showing how they kind of locked him in a room and with with his computer set up and, and he's just going. They went through all of this Mark Hamill, you know, original Star Wars footage but then interviews from that time and commercials and then doing the audio, mixing the audio from his voice at the, you know, in the early eighties from radio dramas from star Wars that he did and, and some other, you know, interviews and stuff and just how it all came about. And then showing Mark in the, you know, he's there. He is in the, <laughs> a much older version of Luke Skywalker, but in that same outfit, and and uh how they did that and then they showed the 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 body double the other actor that they chose and how they chose him that was really a lot of good stuff um and 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 it talked it touched a lot of on all of them how they kept it secret um for so long for a year and a half or what over a year and a half or whatever it was and how they were able to do that because other stuff leaked out we knew about Boba Fett. We knew about uh, some of the other casting of the actors or what was going to happen or who the, you know, everything but Luke. And they had set it up where even in the script, it, it described the Jedi that was going to come was going to be Plo Koon from the mm. um, prequels. And Filoni's talking about, well, that's my favorite Jedi. And everybody knows that's my favorite Jedi. So if this were to leak, and here's concept art of using that character for this, he's like, we did renderings, we we did um, special effects on what it would look like, all in anticipating that we, if something leaked out, it was going to be this, and not what was happening with Mark Hamill. Because they did all the Mark Hamill stuff in one day. They had one day they were going to like, this is it. Small crew. Um, pretty interesting stuff. So I watched that came out today. I highly recommend that again. Um, if you haven't watched any of that gallery series and then, um, <laughs> uh, we got to talk about what if we got three episodes of what if, um, Marvel's what if series with the watcher and Did not know what to expect from this show. And, I still, I'm still not sure. Like, I, I'm shocked at all the voices that are all the actual people. Ninety percent of them. Yeah, the actual actors from the. Because like, this is Disney Plus. They they're all under contract. I'm sure they. But I, for part of me, didn't think that you know they would bother with this silly animated show. But 
just from that shows me they're they're trying to put as much effort into that as any of the other stuff so first off we have let's give it some context here because the idea of a what if show is something that should be an impossibility uh, for us to if someone you know when we were beginning this process of these of marvel making these movies and shows and stuff we the one thing that was impossible i i i i believe this at the time was what if because the reason that everybody you know everybody thinks they're special even me but the reason we all say, but yeah, what if was my favorite series when I was, you know, I, I had my ears, but I, I, I really liked what if yeah, everybody did, but it's like, uh, the only way they had that series is because they had all these years of books to say, what if happened in this world, you know, that they presume we're all familiar with. We all know the original stories like the back of our hands, so we can see these alternate versions. Yeah, and it right. ma- it all makes sense without having to go into any kind of backstory. So, and yeah, so that's with, impossible in the movie world. You can't. Well, you can't do it. Even if they start making movies, there there's never they're never going to be able to do what if you know not in in the top, in the beginning there. We're not thinking yeah. fifteen years later, but the fact that they were able to for the last 13 years lay this world down for us and now they've actually can do that that they you know they laid enough down that the mainstream audience knows what that world is and they can say what if happened what if this happened in that universe it's like that blows my mind it's another step of blowing my mind that they can do this do a multiverse do any of these things because of what they were able to lay down and and you know incept into mainstream audiences so that's what boggles my mind about it. that this was the furthest reaches of being able to actually pull something off and 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 in this time frame well so it's not based on the comics. This is no, all just this is all motion pictures, you know. That, you know, and, so. and doing it in the animated form, I felt like was the best way well, to go. With yeah, it. you know, it's the easiest way. It's the easiest way to do it, and you know, but giving us the actual voices behind, what well, you know, giving us the voices we know, um, made even it though some legit. of them. I mean, uh, I have to say that they. Not all these actors are great voice actors. No. <laughs> They're not no. all pulling it some, off. Yeah. Some of them don't really even sound like themselves. No. Yeah. Like, I was you surprised know, in the credits. Like, wait, that was actually him? I would yeah. assume well, one reason could be that a lot of them were doing it over Zoom. Yeah, I, I imagine they were. Um, but it started off... come down to Marietta College and learn how to do it right. Exactly. <laughs> like, put some pants on. Put on your there. pants. <laughs> come on now. <laughs> No, it started off um, super strong episode, my favorite so far. With the, the see now I'm the opposite. I thought I feel like it has built. Oh, over the no, I love. Episodes. I I li- I've liked I've liked I don't I haven't loved any of them, but I I've liked them all. Yeah, I, I really when when the Peggy Carter ABC show was out, you know, back, way back I remember way back in the day, this podcast. 
Um, I really enjoyed it. The you whole it was series. Jarvelous. Yes, Jarvelous. Jarvelous. Um, so it was nice to to bring some of that back, and I always like that period stuff, anyways. Uh, World War Two era, and yeah. I just I thought it was. It was fun. It was a lot of. It was a ton of fun with the Hydra Buster and you know Peggy Carter back and better than ever. I thought it was the way to to set the tone. It was a good. I mean, that was a way to start it off. It was just yeah. like what what if this? And then, what did you think of that, Jordan? Um. Yeah. I. I definitely. I've liked them all. I'm I'm not bowled over, but I that's fine. Like it's not every Marvel show is the best thing that's ever been yeah. made. So no. I mean, just having a good quality show is good. It was enough. just a little light. I thought it was just like so that episode specifically was just like it was a little ambiguous. Why? What exactly went wrong? That they were, you know, I was I was hoping for a more specific reason that she ended up instead of him. It was just like, eh, biff, bam, pop, boom. There she's <laughs> she's the one. Oh, okay. But I, I didn't I didn't even the concept art and stuff I, I, I haven't really loved the animation see that for that's, being yeah super detailed and looking like everyone like it's not very fluid or the it's mouths tough don't when, really it's tough match when up. they stop and talk yeah but I thought that first episode like some of the action was amazing of you know flipping and the shield and the mm. gunplay and the robot like I, I didn't like the animation until it hit the action segments, yeah, and yeah, then it really soared. So yeah, that that just that whole—it's just the look of the animation bothers me a little bit. It reminds me a lot of that Star Wars. What was the little kid show? This—it only Droids. lasted like it's what was it? Droids? No, 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 no. Just in the last few years, two or three yeah, years. I know what you're talking. About. You know what Resistance. I'm talking about. Yes, resistance. It reminded the animation reminded me a lot of that, and I did not like that. Um, But like you said, now when they get into some of the action parts, it gets way better. But just yeah, as a whole, and and admittedly, I like that very Saturday morning cartoon nineteen eighties style of animation. That's my preference. (laughs) So this this style always throws me off a little bit. You know, we talked about the when that Spider Verse movie came out that everybody loved, and I I could not get past that blurry animation look to it. So other than that, that's my only complaint about it. Really, second episode episode two uh, was T'Challa picked up by the Ravagers and becomes the new Star Lord. T'Chaka and we get we get Chadwick Boseman. Got to keep your eye on your boy T'Chaka. <laughs> Chadwick Boseman recorded all the audio before he passed away, so that was a surprise. You know, a nice surprise to get more Chadwick Boseman as Black Panther. Mm-hmm. And what a neat idea! You know, that's a that's definitely you know it it totally cha- it makes him the character of Star Lord, but it's a totally different Star Lord. It's yeah. It's a respected Star Lord who, you know, who doesn't act like Peter Quill, you know, and how that would affect the thing. So it was a that was a little deeper episode there. I I, I enjoyed. Yeah, and the know. way they, the way they played with Thanos and and Nebula was what interesting. A, Aaron like, Gillen is amazing. I've yeah. heard, I from not being a Doctor Who fan, like mm. her her just watching her evolution as Nebula. 
over these couple of movies. Like I've oh, really become a fan of her. Totally agree. She she was so much better the last couple of movies she was in. That character really was great. Which some a customer told me today they rumored she might be Mara Jade. In the oh yeah, yeah. Like that. Okay. I, that's probably just pure fan speculation. Yeah, but but... I, I would be all for that. So. Yeah, yeah, that would be awesome. Um, so that was good, and then this latest episode was my favorite for obvious reasons. This is a Avengers history buff guy. Yeah, and they, you know, it's like going back to, you know, back. To, Back all the way, back when they're trying to form the Avengers here in this universe. Which again, speaking of the comics, that's such a pure what if kind of story. What if the Avengers never formed? Like that—that mm. that was like their bread and butter. Of like, it's such and a, it's a mystery, and you don't know what who you know what's going on. Who who's killing who's killing off these Avengers in these ways that we're seeing it happen, but we don't know why it's happening. And of course, it's. It's the perfect person to have done it. <laughs> and uh, I mean, the animation is sketch here and there. I like that they chose this style um, because at least it's something I like for the most part. And but my favorite animation so far has been the Michael Douglas eyebrows. <laughs> you know, it's just like the way they took the Hank Pym character, you know, and, and just like when he took that mask off, it's like, that was some cool, he looked devilish and, you know, and what, just making, I want to know, it may, what happened? What what caused all mm. this, you know, in this, in this timeline? Yeah, yeah it didn't know, give us all the What details. happened to Hope yeah. and all that? And I, this, I mean, if I, this has all got, has to be building to a crossover of all of these things yeah this this uh, to me it just was an immediate you know wandavision uh loki all of this multiverse stuff folding in on itself yeah i feel like you know we will eventually see these these storylines tie up in some way they try to they're trying to be single episodes of what if this what if that but it just feels like eventually somehow they're all going to tie together um so i'm i'm so, like I said, I, for me, every episode has been good enough, and I and I like the latest one the best because I'm a you know Re- Yellow Jacket fan and I, I Michael Douglas fan too. So I just I like where it, where it's going. I'm can't I don't need, I I purposely I'm not looking. I don't want to know what the plots mm-hmm. are at, of the next one. So I didn't know that this was what this was going to be, and it was a neat surprise. So I'm I'm good with just letting them wash over me. Yeah, I, I think I watched the trailer the, when it debuted and just didn't didn't really go back and inspect. Yeah. Oh, what's gonna happen? What do you think Loki's doing? Like, I, I don't need that. So. Yeah. Um. And the Bad Batch, we never that ended. Oh this yeah. Season. Yeah. So and it was good. It, it was, was really good. Yeah, it was, it was really, good. really good. It gave us some kind of wrapping up that that era of Star Wars. <laughs> Um, you know, it was ever since 20 years or whatever ago, uh, when the Phantom Menace came out and then Attack of the Clones giving us the answer to that question, you know, what happened to the clones? What, you know, we'll get more. There's another, they're coming out with more, right? 
I mean, this isn't it. Yeah, it's confirmed. Se- it's been renewed yeah. for season two. So but I this, really enjoyed it. Yeah, this gave us, but this gave us a big um, explanation of what happened to where they came from and the yeah. people that made them. <laughs> and so. again, what a cl- clever way of modernizing the clone thing to have the like trans clone, right? Uh, you know, and she's a really good character, and I, yeah. I'm. I'm enjoying it. Was it all Palpatine's fault again? Oh, it's Palpatine all along. <laughs> um. Well, I haven't talked Big Brother. Jordan, you kept up on any of this? No. Nope. He checked out. <laughs> he checked out. I did see they finally got rid of... Uh, what's her name? Bridget? No. Uh, <laughs> Whitney? Brittany? No. Brittany. 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 Yeah. Brittany, yeah. After being on the block seven times and not realizing what, why everyone was trying to get rid of her. You sound like her. <laughs> she thinks she was on there seven times. Yeah. Uh, yeah, third time on there, they finally got rid of her. But at, it, it all is according to plan. They all think that they have some agency in here, but the cookout has always been the plan to put their person that doesn't know what's going on at, at, next to a cookout member and sending them home and i did i missed how derek x got out because I, I they i saw someone convinced they were gonna he was gonna backdoor his actual target and then someone convinced him that he needed to, to take a shot against derek i guess was what yeah, i gathered it, it was yeah he the girl that what sarah beth one had a household and she wanted you know Probably wasn't necessarily going that direction, but Kyland really manipulated her into doing the exact same nominations he had done the week before. And she's thinks she's some mastermind and she's probably going to go home this week. The week she's like had the worst HOH in forever. Um, but I don't think people get people are a little, you know, put out by this whole cookout thing, but. I, they're doing an amazing job. One of the best alliances, is, you know, even though they don't necessarily like each other as much as they like their friends that they've made in the house, they're sticking to it. And, and where other big um, alliances have dominated the game, they are dominated in a smart way where they're not even the ones that have been winning the, winning the things like the, their friends are winning it and they're convincing them to put out the other people. It's just like, it's a lot of mind stuff and I'm impressed by the, I mean, they don't even have to worry about going home. It's just like, go ahead and nominate me next to my friend. Cause I know I have the votes and I'm going to stay. So they put in this twist where they had to, they make the same mistake. This is a huge thing that nobody understands. It happens almost every season and production really tries to make excuses why they're right, but they're never right. They, People have their favorites. Obviously, Derek X was everyone's favorite person this season. He is so likable. He didn't know the game, but he was a natural at, you know, he's a good athlete. And he also was, you know, really good at making relationships and all of this. Everybody loved him, audience included. But what do they do? Production steps in, comes up with a thing where, okay, you're going to get, it's the, 
the Vegas theme. So roll the dice and you're going to get money and you get to spend it to try to earn powers and all this. So audience, vote for your favorites. Who do you want to give the most money to? What they should do is just come out and say, audience, who do you want to put a big target on? Right, because that shows who's right. They don't they being they, perceived as playing the game. The yes, best. they secretly give them this money, but everyone in the house quickly finds out who they talk and they figure out who has the most money, who's the favorite, and they send them home. So the audience is immediately ticked off because I told this lady at work, I was like, you know why he's going home? Because you called. 10 times and gave him the money. It was like, that's how it works. And they gave the most money to Brittany and him. And they, he went home. Boom, boom. So that's how it works. People, they do it every year. And, uh, but the show always screws up and then they try to save them. You know, they, they try to, they give them chances. He just, he didn't get the hint. Also, if you get the most money, another reason, usually you're the favorite for two reasons. You're likable and stuff, but, you're you're the underdog. People love the underdog. So um, Tiffany's very likable and great and everything, but she's not the underdog. So people will start to not like her, but they give the money to him. If you are on the show and you get a bunch of money for one of these things, you ought to realize that you're in trouble and you need to spend it to try to get a power. And he tried to save it. So he, he left. That's basically what happened. Anyway, it's just coming down to the cookout. Tiffany won had a household this week, so I was happy about that. And it's uh I'm curious I hope that she's able to pull it off. I think that she had the potential to be one of the best players we've seen in a while, and she handicapped herself by tying herself into this cookout. And I understand because an African American has never won Big Brother in a quarter century of its existence. So anyone that's mad that all of them are banding together, they have to understand that they feel like this is the first time they've ever had the chance to do what has been done to them uh, as the minority in the game all these years. So I hope they pull it off. So one of them can win. And I hope that after she's handicapped herself, she can find a way to maneuver through, get rid of some of these guys and be the best standing at the end. It's still good. I love it. Anybody else have anything they've been watching that they would like to tell about? I was going to try to get through tonight without mentioning The Walking Dead, but... Oh, I want my update. I have no idea how we left off. is back. Mm. For season 11. We have begun part one of the final stretch of finale episodes. Okay. There are 24 total episodes in this season, broken up into three flights of eight episodes each. So it's the final season, but it's going to run through the end of 2022. So we're not anywhere near the end yet. So, uh, <laughs> so I wanted to check um, ratings. And it still said this has been the number one series on basic cable for 12 straight years with the main demographic, what, 18 to 49 or whatever it is. So with it's still huge and always has been, but the ratings are nowhere near what they were. Um, so the ratings for this season's premiere were below last season's ratings, but almost identical to last season's finale. So basically, whoever's still on board 
It's just a flat. It's just yeah. a flat line. We're, we're not gaining. I'm guessing the last few episodes will jump up because I'm sure people will be curious. Yeah, yeah. Come back and ends. see yeah. how it ends. But for this final season, I think we've hit. Everyone who's bailed is bailed, and everyone who's been with it this long is going to stick with it. So I wouldn't expect too much spike in the ratings. Um, and looking back at my notes, I've got notes for like the last seven episodes of season ten that we never got to, but I don't even remember half yeah. what half of this stuff meant. So uh, just to give us the it was the yeah, it was face. the Whisperer War. Mm. So this was Alpha and Beta, Beta. who who wear the masks. The dried, you know, skin. dead skin masks of the zombies. Um, basically, got a giant horde together, the size we've never seen before, and aimed it at the town. And we're just gonna walk through and destroy everything in this town. Um, so basically, uh, Maggie came back right at the end, so she's been off the show for a couple seasons. So she was finally back. Um, a group. Uh, Eugene got in contact with some people in West Virginia through his radio and took a small group up to, I think, Charleston to, to meet this group. Uh, they meet the princess on the way, so we've introduced mm, the princess wow. in the show. Jeez, does she look just like her? Yeah, she's got yeah. the purple fuzzy mm. coat and everything. So this, they run into the Commonwealth soldiers, the stormtrooper-looking guys right. um, at the end. Um, but the the best episode at the end of season ten, um, Aaron and yeah. Father Gabriel are out on a supply run, and they run into this weird building, and there there's like a noise behind this door, and they open it up and there's there's a boar inside, so they kill it and have dinner and eat you know fresh boar meat and you know this delicious meat. And then the the guy who lived there showed up. Who he been oh, keeping no. that Oh no, is this boy. a pig situation? <laughs> but it was Robert Patrick. I was like, oh. yes, grizzled post-apocalyptic Roger yeah. Robert Patrick. Yes, he's joining this show. And I said it was the biggest wasted opportunity in TV history to not have him say, "Have you seen this boar?" <laughs> 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 they didn't do it. They ate wow. his boar and then wasted it. Wow. But uh, so he comes back and like has this grizzle, you know, he, they end up, he takes him hostage and there's this whole thing and they end up killing him off before the end of the episode. I was like, man, you wasted Robert Patrick. It was a good episode, but you really wasted him. And then they look around some more and find like pictures of a younger Robert Patrick and he has a twin. And they find his twin brother upstairs, and there's another Robert Patrick. I'm like, yes, oh we can still have Robert Patrick. And he ends up dead by the end of the episode. <laughs> I was like, you did it twice. You wasted this. So stupid walking dead. But yeah, so that so episode ten or season ten ends them defeating the whispers, getting horde away and getting all to safety. But there's casualties, of course, and the the town, you know, the walls have been knocked down. The towns were basically destroyed, so they're not in a good place here at the beginning of season eleven. And the big conflict with Maggie coming back, she's automatically back in a kind of a leadership role. But Negan is also there, so you know, he killed Glenn, the love of her life. So Negan has kind of been adopted. He helped stop the whispers. He actually killed Alpha. Um, so. 
he, he's kind of become more accepted, but Maggie can never accept him back into this. So it's the tension between those two and uh, kind of trying to figure out who these Commonwealth people are. Are they, they, yeah, they, Eugene and his group, they've taken them captive and are trying to, they're asking a bunch of questions and trying to see what's going on. So uh, the, the end of this first episode, they, they, they run across a wall. It's very similar to the comics, but a little bit of a twist. Uh, it's a lot of like, have you seen this person? You know, my, my missing brother, my missing kid. In the comics, Michonne finds a, a yeah. photo on that wall, and it yeah, becomes a her, huge plot point. It was her daughter's or whatever. Right. right, so Michonne is not even in the show anymore, so it was one of the other characters. Y- Yumiko, I think her name is, she finds mm. her brother is, has been looking for her all this time, and he's in the Commonwealth. So, so they're going to, yeah, they're going to go do that storyline. Yeah, so that, you that's You think it's going to end like the comics? I everything I is following it really closely. I there's think. no Carl anymore, so it'll, yeah. I, I'm guessing it'll all go to Judith mm. if get to the very end, have kind of Judith be the center of attention. But yeah, we're and they, they introduce these new villains, the Reavers or the Reapers or something. So yeah. I don't think they were ever in the comics. I don't I don't remember. Oh, okay. But these you know mad looking dudes with a bunch of weapons and. I don't know. It's 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 still going, <laughs> and we're we're we can see the end at least. The end is at least in wow. sight. It feels yeah, like, I feel like this is gonna ago. hurt. This we're... is gonna hurt. Why the last man? It's just like it. That's gonna. It's gonna have to have some sort of apocalyptic feel to that show, mm-hmm. and people are apocalypted out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah feels... a show about a, a virus and dealing with right. Yeah, that's going to be a hard sell. We're already tired of that in real life. So. But it, I was going to say, it feels like forever ago since I've watched The Walking Dead. Yeah. I mean, I don't even remember where I I don't know. Off. Actually, it feels like I just watched it right now. <laughs> <laughs> Storyteller. All right. That's all I've got. Yeah, for that stuff. Oh, it's, I did watch a few episodes of that season two of Modern Love on Prime. They they had a first season a few years ago. I remember it was it was okay. Okay, it's just like different stories of just modern love, people in situations of just different kinds of you know things, you know different relationships, how they differ from how you know way it went in the past i don't know the second season's fine it's just more examples of that and, but people getting you know trying to have a relationship during the pandemic or people dealing with a, lo- a loss of a loved one and how they hold on to them and i think the other another episode i watched is just people who are on different schedules mm-hmm. with you know like yeah trying to match up so neat little half hour episodes that are you know a little kind of light but it's totally watchable. And uh, Michael was really upset with the return of Stargirl. They introduced a character named Zeke, who was like this crazy redneck character who became the uh, Pat's new sidekick. So he's he's worried about Ronald P. Tramp copyright infringement. Yeah. <laughs> what are you going to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. They're just ripping him off. They've been out. He shouldn't. Have, they immediately bought that issue when it came out, Free Comic Book Day or yep. whatever, and they 
they rearranged the season, quickly filmed it. That man has never had a an idea that some Hollywood that was bad cat. enough somebody wouldn't steal. Yeah, immediately jumped all over it. Always the golden goose. Well, the I golden tell you, boy. <laughs> <laughs> so pro comics.com see what hollywood's gonna take from us next <laughs> most, most of the first issues are free to read on there if you want to check any of them well i tell you what we were talking earlier tonight um about some of those you know about episode 300 coming up and and kind of putting together a little, another little clip show and one thing i noticed as i was working on that this week was we got into a point where we were doing all these, like every episode was like two hours long. You're telling me <laughs> I've been listening to them and they're and, great. I'll yeah. say they're great, but there's a <laughs> lot of them. <laughs> but I feel like, uh, we we're throwing it back a little bit tonight. And we're, we're getting dangerously close to that two hour mark on this episode. Uh, really? No way. No way. I don't think so. We I guess maybe. First one was short. Huh? Yeah. All right, we'll wrap it up then. All right, Ugh, these pants are too tight. I gotta loosen them up and get on out of here. My name is Jordan Lowe. We'll see you next time. Cliff Barnes. Seth, bye forever. I'm glad you called, but I'm not home. But I'll be back before too long. You gotta Crazy calls. A tape of seven different songs and funny recordings for only fourteen ninety five. Wait for the beat. Call 1-800-351-5200. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Sounds, music, and clips played during the podcast are property of copyright holders. All original content is property of www.udamwithkpp.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a comment. Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, and wherever podcasts can be found. You can connect with us through social media on Facebook, YouTube, at The Kapow Podcast on Twitter, or email the show, Kapow! The Pop Cultured Podcast at gmail.com. If you really want to go the extra mile, please sign up to be a patron through the Podbean app or our website, www.udamwithkpp.com, to receive special content and early access to some episodes. We are grateful to anyone that chooses to contribute, but please know that most of our content will always remain free, so please continue to like, comment, and share.